You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. As we get to the end of the fourth chapter of Shukalim, we're on the ninth Mishnah. We've dealt with questions of buying and selling on behalf of the temple for commodities that are needed for sacrifices. And now we're going to get into a question of prices. Once in 30 days, prices were fixed for the chamber. That means for items bought by the chamber. The, the chamber is the treasury, the chamber where the money's held. Anyone who'd agreed a fixed contract to supply fine flowers at four sales for a seller. In other words, he supplies four sales of flour for a seller. Anybody who contracted to do four sales for a seller, if the price rose so that the market was only at three sales for a seller, he must still supply four. He sticks to his fixed price. On the other hand, Mishalosh, Ve'andu me'arba'ah, but if he contracted at three sets for a seller, and then the price dropped, so the market price now provides four sets of corn, of fine flour for a seller. If the price drops, he must supply at four. In other words, he follows the price down, but not the price up. Sheyad hekdesh al the temple has the upper hand. The temple always seems to have the advantage in these negotiations. Along the same lines, what if the flower became worm-eaten? The loss is his, the worm-eatenness is his. If the wine became vinegary, if it became sour, it's his problem. He has to take the cost of the spoiled wine. The enormous in Altas, he doesn't get his payment, he doesn't get his money. Ad until the altar, well, the word in Hebrew is until the altar is satisfied, until the altar accepts it. In other words, until the altar has consumed this product and the product is shown to be of good quality, he doesn't get his money. Supply doesn't get his money. So how are we going to administrate all of this structure? Well, let's go into the fifth chapter now. That's the end of the fourth chapter. Let's go into the fifth chapter and we'll find out more about what happened day to day. These were the officers in the temple. And now we have this enormous list of different tasks. Yohanan ben Pinchas al hachatomot. Yohanan son of Pinchas over the seals. We're going to find in the next few Mishnayot what these seals are. They're a bit like receipts that are handed out in, in shops. He does the seals. over the libations. We're going to find out about him too in a later Mishnah. He's actually handing out the offerings which are going to be offered up on the altar. Masdiahu ben Shmuel al hapiasot. Masdiahu, the son of Shmuel, over the lots. Now they used to cast lots to find out, to allocate terms. Some 
uh, tasks were allocated by rota, and some actually were, sort of were allocated randomly by drawing lots. So Mestiahu, son of Shmuel, did the lots. Tachia alakinim, Petachia over the bird offerings. Petachia is a Mordechai. Petachia apparently was Mordechai. Who's this Mordechai? Well, you might ask in general, who are these people? Because the temple stood for hundreds of years. Were they the same people in the temple doing these tasks continually? Or did they take on a name when they, when they, um, uh, did they take on that name when they took on the task? Or perhaps these were the first, uh, the first holders of the posts. And then, so the Mishnah, if you like, is reflecting a snapshot at a certain point in time. Well, and a bit later in the Mishnah, you'll see that we refer to the house of so-and-so. So there are certainly families that might have kept control over these tasks from time to time. But we don't know whether this was a snapshot of a certain time or, 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 or what. But we do have a clue with the Mordechai. Let's look down the source sheet. There's a verse from Ezra. Ezra gives the names of the people that went up out of the, out of the captivity in Babel and that returned to Jerusalem and Judah. And there's a list of names that came up with Zerubbabel. And one of them, one of these, is Mordechai. Mordechai came up with, with Zerubbabel from, from Babel, and he's mentioned in Ezra chapter 2, verse 2. So maybe when the Mishnah says, Petachia, the, the, over the bird offerings, Petachia was Mordechai, maybe... Maybe this is the Mordechai who's referred to in Ezra. And why, in that case, why wasn't he called Mordechai? Lamani crush more Petachia. Why was he called Petachia? Shaya Poteach Bidvarim Bedor Shinan. He used to open matters and expound them. Veodea Shivim Lashani. And he knew 70 languages. And that, again, that sounds like someone who came up from Babylon with, with um, Zerubbabel. Someone who, kind of, he's rather worldly. He's been in Babel. He knows languages. He knows how to do things. And he knows how to crush. Ben Achia al chole me'ayim. The son of Achia over the sickness of the bowels. Priests used to have a terrible diet because they ate meat all the time and wine and terrible things. And they used to get sick. So the son of Achia was in charge of healing sickness of the bowels. Nuchunia chofer shichin. Nuchunia was a digger of ditches. We learned in previous Mishnayot that some of the temple funds went to the maintenance of all the waterworks around the city of Jerusalem. And this is Nuchunia. Givinei Charoz. Givinei was the crier, the announcer, like the town crier. He'd announce when something and such, 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 and such had to happen. He'd announce the times. He's the crier. Ben Gever al Nilat Sharim. Ben Gever was the one who was supervising the locking of the gates. Ben Bevai al Hapkain. We learn in um, the Mishnah of Sukkah that they used to cut up the old clothes of the Kohanim to make wicks to light the candelabra. Ben Bevai was in charge of the wicks. Ben Arza al Hatzil This is a symbol that they used to uh, bang before the music started. Hugras Ben Levi al Hashir. Hugras Ben Levi supervised all of the songs which the Levim sang. The house of Garamu over the making of the showbread. The showbread had to be made every week. And making, it was a complex process. It was a complex shape. You had to get it out of the pan without breaking it. 
The House of Garam who had this special ability, special secrets as to how to make it, they were in charge. Beit Avtinas al Masek Toret, the house of Avtinas over the incense, Elazar over the veil, and Pinchas over the priestly vestments. Now the Mishnah then goes on to remark that they never had less than three treasurers. Ein pochatim mishlosha gizbarim, umishiva armuk amar kalim, ve'ein osin shara al-tzibur, b'mamon pachot mishnayim. They didn't, never had less than three treasurers, nor fewer than seven superintendents. This seems to be some kind of Persian or Aramaic word, amar kalim. And they never created positions of authority over the public in matters of money with fewer than two. Except Benachia, who was over the sickness of the bowels, and Elazar, who was over the veil, because these had been accepted by the majority of the public. Chutz mi Benachia she'al chole me'ayim, ve'elazar she'al ha'parochet, she'otan kiblu rov ha'sibur. And we still learn this out today. There's a Gemara in Baba Batra. The charity fund is collected by two and distributed by three. It's collected by two because one does not appoint an authority of the, over the community of fewer than two. And it's distributed by three, like any monetary judgment, any, any case of financial matters that comes to court is always settled by a minimum of three judges. So if we're distributing, we distribute by three. In other words, matters of public finances are taken seriously that, and the care is taken to make sure that the right thing is not only done but is seen to be done and the checks and balances are in place. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.